Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse podcast presented by the King's Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Bryant West on here as we always do. What's going on, Bryant? One day before the start of the NBA season. How are you hanging? We got 24 hours till King's basketball. Um, some people probably listening to this have woken up and it's a fresh new dawn of a NBA season for the Sacramento Kings. Hope springs eternal. They haven't lost a game yet. And, uh, we almost made it through the entire offseason without any Kang's drama. Oh my God. The vibes were immaculate. Everybody, <laughs> it was off the walls. The hype about, oh my God, the feel good of training camp. And maybe that hasn't changed. No, it hasn't changed. But before we talk about why it hasn't changed, you should give more context. Yeah. Um, so at about 3 p.m. today, well, Bagley didn't get his extension yesterday, right? Um, it's kind of the conversation that Tim and I just recently had. And then there was a statement put out by Excel Sports, Jeff Schwartz, who is the agent for Marvin Bagley, that read this, quote, Sacramento has informed Marvin Bagley he is not in the opening night rotation, which is completely baffling. It's clear they have no plans for him in the future and yet passed on potential deals at last year's deadline and this summer based on value. Instead, they chose to bring him back but not play him, a move completely contradictory to their value argument. This is a case study in mismanagement by the Kings organization. End quote, Jeff Schwartz. What is your first reaction when you see this, Brian? <sighs> Why? Why do we care? It just, why? Why did this have to come out now? <laughs> what does it matter? What does it matter what the 10th man on the roster cares about his roster space at this point? Yeah. Like, if Marvin Bagley had played well in preseason, he'd be in the rotation. It it, it baffles my mind. Yeah, it baffles my mind that they're going to sit there and be like, the Kings haven't given Marvin Bagley an opportunity. He played in 43 games last year. He started in 42 of them. Who the hell is his camp kidding? This team has given him all the opportunity in the world. They're starting power forward. If it's not him and it's not Harrison Barnes is Tristan Thompson. Are you sitting there telling me that Sacramento wouldn't love for Marvin Bagley to be good enough to play right now? And 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 the worst part about this is like, I, I I don't even know if I'm mad at Bagley or if this is just his agent being like, oh shit, he's not going to qualify for the starter criteria and thus get the full fourteen point eight million dollar qualifying offer next year. Um, if anybody missed the context there, if he starts less than forty games, he his qualifying offer next year which would be the offer that the Kings would give him to make him a restricted free agent drops from 14.8 million to 6.5 million. So this just reads to me as somebody who's who realizes that his client isn't going to start 41 games or play at least 2000 minutes. It's absolutely in the Kings control. There's no way they start him 40 games. No, there's no chance. And so I don't even know if I'm mad at Bagley because, you know, two weeks ago, Bagley was saying all the right things. He was talking about how this was the best training camp he's ever been a part of, how he was totally buying and all this. And now his agent comes and drops this on the eve before uh, King's regular season. 
And honestly, like 90% of the sentiment I saw wasn't like anger. It was just apathy. Why do Kings fans care what Marvin Bagley thinks about his playing time anymore? How many of us honestly believed that he was going to be a meaningful contributor? I sure didn't after preseason. I know I waffled at the beginning of preseason and thought, well, maybe he could still earn a starting role here. No, Justin Thompson deserves more playing time than Bagley does at this point. Oh, Harkless. Yeah. Or more Harkless. And Lord help me if I expected to say that two months ago. (laughs) Preseason killed any minor hope I had that Marvin would be meaningful for this. So whatever. Go home. If, If you're not going to meaningfully attend practice, and try and beat out Tristan Thompson for backup bench big role, then just go home. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I think there's there's two separate parts of this. I'm glad you laid out the qualifying offer thing. I think that is kind of the explanation to the timing of this. But at the same time, like, did they really expect an extension to be worked out? No. Like, <laughs> they couldn't have. I, I don't think so, right? There's no way. But the first part, I think, was surprising to me that Sacramento has informed Marvin Bagley he's not in the opening night rotation. And I love that they had, which is completely baffling. I had said, I think even a couple episodes ago, I would very, I'd have Bagley on a super short leash and I would give him DNPs fairly early on if he's showing that he's still a negative contributor like he has been throughout his career. The Kings yep. don't have time to gift players minutes anymore for the sake of a hypothetical ceiling because at this point it's all hypothetical and i still didn't expect him to just not be in the rotation opening night you know like i guess we got some sort of hints like i think it was yesterday maybe day before um luke walton said to media that he was going to run an eight or nine man rotation which was a little weird to me and when i sat and laid out my eight or nine it was pretty (laughs) obvious that i wasn't including bagley in that no it's either Um, bagley or it's thompson that's how it goes down at this point. Yeah. And yeah, I think I, I view it as a little like Bagley or Harkless, I guess. Um, but Thompson, yeah, falls into that as well. And yeah, I mean, both of those guys, it's like if Bagley doesn't feel like he can outwork those guys, like if, yeah, I'm surprised that he wasn't in the opening night rotation. I agree with the decision. I think that Bagley is a negative contributor. And he's given us no reason to think otherwise. Yep. But I'm still shocked to hear that first part. Um, I, I, I do want to talk. You, you you talked about the, does this impact the good vibes earlier? It better not. Like, if this team's vibes were legitimate enough in the first place to where they were all talking about it for the last month, then they should absolutely be strong enough as a team to handle an agent complaining for a dude who wasn't going to be in their core rotation moving forward anyway yeah like if this team isn't strong enough to handle this then the squad wasn't going to last much anyway so i'm confident they'll survive uh, marvin bagley's agent's last gasp of a power play but if they don't it's we're, we're this team's in a lot worse position than we thought i know it comes from his agent but Bagley has to approve this before it goes out, right? Like, yes. Well, we could we could pretend that his dad wasn't talking for him, right? But we can't pretend his agent doesn't talk for him, and that yeah. PR person who's just 
making a damn fool of themselves. Right. And it's so funny. There's like videos of him dancing at practice today. Like everything seems fine. You know, there's not been any, any reportings of like players, other teammates having issues with Bagley of any sorts or anything like that. You know, it's just kind of been this, I guess you could say external stuff, which I think Bagley is, is definitely deserves some critiques for, you know, he could have publicly shut down the previous trade requests from his dad or, said he wanted to be in Sacramento really at any point in his career. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not like Bagley's blameless in this, which I know that's not what you're saying. Well, not blameless. Uh, the point is that Marvin Bagley, his agent said this, a dude who represents him said this. Yes. There's no way that he tweeted out something so inflammatory without Marvin Bagley seeing it and approving it right. in some capacity. So this, the so, second part is interesting to me though. The it's clear they have no plans for him in the future and yet passed on potential deals at last year's deadline in this summer based on value. I mean, I kind <laughs> of understand. On, I mean, yeah, we, we don't know what that value is, but if the idea is that you don't really value Bagley, then I mean, you do move on from him. Like maybe they were. Maybe there was, you know, you were waiting for development throughout this offseason and you were hoping to see something more going into this year. And I think that's totally yeah. reasonable to to expect or maybe want to potentially see. Maybe, I mean, I don't know how McNair sits there and thinks that the value of Bagley is going to just increase with more time necessarily. Yeah. But I do kind of well, understand the now. frustration of like, if you're not going to play him, then trade him. And if this is yeah. accurate, that there were potential deals, then I, I kind of understand that frustration. But of course, we're never going to know what those deals were. Yeah. If, if this is going back to last uh, trade deadline, and we don't know this without seeing any hypothetical deals. Um, that's, I guess, just the downside of having a general manager who holds his card so close to his vest and has a really set expectation for his players values so he may have thought that marvin bagley need trading him he needed more value coming back or he may have just gotten terrible offers that were less valuable to the kings than an 11 million dollar contract going into this summer we don't know he, that's a good point. he's an expiring I didn't think about his him in, as a matching salary piece. yeah no I, I saw some people on Twitter say that the Kings should just cut him. And on like one hand, I get it. If it, it's both a thing to show the league that you are a player oriented team, that, that in a bad situation, you'll let a player go and find a situation for himself and also clear out an, uh, a, a, not a problem. This isn't a problem. This is a mosquito buzzing in the air of the locker room. It's annoying, but they can't cut him. I don't think it's a huge logical leap to assume that Bagley's only value to this team is as an expiring contract right now. His $11 million contract is one of the easiest trade chips that the Kings have. Cutting him does nothing but lock that salary onto the books in a year where Monty McNair wants to be flexible in case certain trade avenues come up. If Bagley isn't willing to compete and earning more meaningful role, then just send him home. Um, yeah, I, I, that's what you got to do don't cut him. He's more valuable to this team as an expiring than anything else. So. Yeah. 
That's that's interesting. I hadn't considered that. You're, you're spot on with that, um, especially when it seems like the Kings are, or at least McNair's whole scheme for a while has been waiting for a big deal. And you yeah. know, every every time we sit here and work up one of these big deals, it's one of the large contracts of Buddy or Barnes and Marvin Bagley, and that's how yeah. you match these salaries. So, I mean, yeah, the only absolutely. other the only other big expiring contract that the Kings have is Tristan Thompson, and I don't want to sit here and say that oh, the Kings shouldn't trade Tristan Thompson. But I imagine that the Kings would rather trade Marvin Bagley right now. And if you need somebody to fill that last salary spot, like is any team going to balk at getting Marvin Bagley's expiring back? No. So it's really sad. It's really sad. Four years after drafting him number two, this is what it comes down to. I'm a little relieved that like it almost, I know this isn't a full conclusion yet, yeah, but it feels like the beginning of it. And like I, I, I get it's emotional of me, and I've said this a handful of times. <laughs> why I wouldn't be a good GM? I'm over these conversations, yeah. and this feels like the end of them. I and get it. That relieves me a little bit. I, I hope that they trade him. I hope that they trade him is part of a big deal. I hope that they get something meaningful out of this three and a half years of just vapid disappointment for all everybody involved but and he sure holds no value at this point no but just send him home give give lewis king whatever end of the game minutes you were going to give him yeah and and don't get it twisted hope the best for marvin Bagley. i hope wherever he goes that he succeeds becomes whatever player he he hopes to become the highest best version of marvin bagley Okay, so is a place that makes a lot of sense, obviously. Um, yeah. Wherever he goes, I hope the best for Marvin Bagley. I hope it doesn't come off in any other way. I just don't think that was going to happen in Sacramento with everything we've seen. And they don't have the minutes to gift him for development opportunity this year. I've said since before they drafted him that the league will be better for it if Marvin Bagley is the player that he thinks he is. And I hope he goes somewhere that lights a fire under his ass and convinces him that he has to change his game to be the player that he thinks he is. So I hope that happens. I hope, I hope in a couple of years, everybody's laughing at Sacramento for letting Marvin Bagley go, but everybody in Sacramento knows that for the Kings, this is an unsalvageable situation. Absolutely. Like as unsalvageable as it gets really. Um, Yeah. And yeah, it seems like the starting point was not agreeing to a rookie extension, something uh, Tim and I talked about a little bit and talked about some of the other extensions that um, were agreed upon as well. And I think the notable ones that took place since that recording were Jaron Jackson Jr. getting four years, mm-hmm. $105 million. And I'll, I'll let you start with that one. Um, you know, I think Damien put out an interesting tweet from the ESPN 1320 account about the similarity in games played, mm-hmm. um, which some people I think took in a way that uh, Damien didn't exactly mean, but <laughs> it's I got interesting. It Absolutely. And I think it's interesting that Jaron Jackson really has not played many games throughout his career. He hasn't shown mm-hmm. that he is, or he, I don't think he's exactly projected confidence, at least in myself, I'll say. I'm more skeptical about him now than I was at the time of the draft in in a certain way. Yeah, but... All right, I'm just going to talk about the parallel here. 
when he signed that extension, Damien pointed this out, but I was already thinking about it. I couldn't help but notice the amazing parallels between JJJ and Marvin Bagley, which is funny because the first time I saw them as prospects was when Duke and Michigan State were opening the college basketball season that year. Um, Jaron has only played 126 games in his career. He only played 11 last year. Uh, he was dealing with complications from a torn meniscus in his knee from the previous year. And like you were talking about, Jaron Jackson has not become the dude that I expected him to be when I had him number three on my big board. Missing so many games has clearly strained the Grizzlies' development process for him. He's only 22 years old, but his defense isn't anywhere close to what I projected it would be coming out of college. And his rebounding is still atrocious. Like 4.7 a game as an average is really bad for big men. Um, even though he has become a very promising shooter for a big man, like promising is probably underselling it. One of the better young big man shooters. And like overall, he's clearly not where they want him to be. And yet they just paid him 105 million over the next four years. The Memphis Grizzlies are clearly all in on Jackson so much so that they traded Jonas Valanciunas this summer. Um, Steven Adams is going to be a good replacement for Valanciunas, but I'm seeing so many people say, ah, the Grizzlies got worse. They traded Valanciunas. All I saw that as was total faith in Jaron Jackson Jr. Now, he hasn't played much with this team, but he's clearly always been a big part of their future. He and John Morant seem to have a great chemistry on and off the court. And even after major injuries have derailed his development, he's still viewed as a core piece moving forward. Meanwhile, Marvin Bagley's only played in 118 games, eight less than Jaron. His development has clearly also been hampered, hampered by injury. And yet his camp is complaining about his playing time. The team's commitment to him, his coaches. I mean, they've been bad about Sacramento since day one. Yeah. And when he does get on the court, he doesn't play with anywhere near the two-way intensity, especially on defense that Jaron Jackson does. Two injury-prone big men, two teams hoping to make a real push this year, and only one of their teams is willing to make a commitment to their team moving forward. I think Jaron Jackson Jr.'s extension says all you need to know about Marvin Magley. Yeah, I think that's super well put. Um, Jaron Jackson has given you reason to believe in that future still, and Bagley has not. Even though I said I'm skeptical of Jaron, <laughs> I I still absolutely see the vision in that that player is still there. It's just like you said, been derailed and slowed down by injuries. Well, you remember after, God, I forget which preseason post-game show it was where I was where I talked about uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. has to show up this year because he needs to prove that I got his jersey, that he's a good player. <laughs> oh, yeah. Immediately after that, he had a 29-7 and seven game against the Bulls and then Oof. went 20-8 and eight against Detroit. Oh, yeah. So I, I am, I am, I've always been a Jaron Jackson Jr. stand. The contract size still surprises the hell out of me. And it's not because I don't believe in his talent. I just, I think he needs to be a breakout player for the Grizz this year if they hope to make the playoffs. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I'll say real quick before we move on to a different uh, rookie extension that what stood out to me about like the Valanchunas, Valanchunas deal, um, you know, willingness, uh, like it seemed like the main return was moving up in the draft. And then we also saw them, the Grizzlies, that being trade away uh, Patrick Beverly and acquire Jarrett Culver. Um, I want to say Chris Dunn ended up making their roster. No, he got cut. Oh, he did he not. Got cut. 
Um, But they have a very, very young roster. They took Zaire Williams with that pick. What stands out to me is that they're they're focused on the future. Obviously, they're going to try to win games right now, but the focus is developing future talent. Like, I don't think they're stressing about this year. You know, like there's a world where they miss the playoffs, miss the play and say they're the 11th seed and they still find a way to make it a successful season because of John Morant's three-point development or Jaron Jackson getting more comfortable as a five-man and becoming a better rim protector and, um, you know, maybe some perimeter flashes on offense. Like there's a way where the Grizzlies can just be like, wow, you know, the wins weren't great this year, but the future development of our guys is really promising. We still have a really young team. And it seems like that's where their focus is at a little more. Still, I mean, absolutely trying to win every single game that they go out there. Um, but they seem like they yeah. have a little bit more comfort in the future than the Kings, understandably, with the young youth of their roster. They're building a contender rather than a playoff uh, staple. They're a crazy they're, idea. Yeah, they're making moves to up their ceiling at the expense of their immediate floor which is to me how I'd rather see uh, my favorite teams develop. Uh, but I've been a closeted Grizzly fan for, what, four years now? So Yeah, DeAnthony Melton, Aaron oh. Jackson. If Chris Dunn had made that roster, that team would have just... Zaire Williams, <laughs> Zaire, um, yeah. Killian I Tilly, love- one of the oh, yeah. few Gonzaga players I love. Mm. Brandon Clark, the other oh, yeah, Gonzaga so player I love. I love like, Tyus Jones. That might just be me, but I love Tyus Jones. <laughs> no, that's not just you. Tyus, Tyus is a great player. That's a really fun young team. And uh, uh, here's a hot take. I'm very confident that they are going to be better this year than Sacramento. Um, I am not, but yeah. we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. Lord, help me. I, I would so much rather see the Kings than my pretend uh, favorite team. Um, but I I. I think that Memphis is has everything constructed to be a a another. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs for sure. I think they'll be in the play-in too. But yeah. um, if you told me right now, Kings and Grizzlies meet in the play-in, gun to your head, who do you think to win? Uh, I, I I don't think I'd pick the Kings. Oh God, that'd be so fun. Oh my God. Yes, it would. There's nothing I'd rather matchups. see. Yeah. Oh. Although I will say I do. I would rather have. Uh, Darren Fox moving forward than Jaw. Absolutely. Very easily. Yeah. yeah. The other extensions uh, that I want to talk about, we have to give you a second to talk about Mikhail Bridges. Four years, 90 oh. million. Is this a steal, Bryant, or what? It is. That is not enough. Like, let's be honest. That should have been a max or near max contract. <laughs> oh, you got to slow down a little bit here. Nope. I will not. Mikhail Bridges has made so so much improvement for the last couple of years. I wrote this in my profile of him, um, which I'd written before the Kings jumped to number two in 2018. And even though there was no chance they were going to take Mikael Bridges, I still published it because I wanted it out there. Um, I wrote that, yeah, everybody's staring at him and saying he's a perfect three and D player, but any improvement in his self creation is just going to make him so much more valuable than that. And I think this is the year where that big creation leap can be unlocked. I don't know if it's incredibly possible in terms of like usage rate, because you know he's still going to be fourth on the team in in starter usage. 
Uh, but he's just so good on both ends of the court. He deserves a lot more than he got. I'm happy he's sticking with the Suns. Um, they're one of the more fun teams to watch in the league. Uh, even if their owner is a cheapskate who seems determined to wreck everything we're gonna, we're that he has built. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I cannot believe that McCallum didn't get over $100 million. I would have traded anything the Kings had that wasn't Fox and Halliburton for him. I hope he I, continues to stay there. Yeah, I love Mikhail. I was yeah holding out hope, just like you, that restricted free agency would come around and Mikhail could be the odd man out from oh. the Phoenix roster. <laughs> um, I agree he is underpaid on this deal. I can't get to max uh, where, where you're at. It's a little much for me. But, you know, think of Buddy Heald, who I think we would all agree is overpaid, but is getting $23 million a year compared to the Bridges 22 on average, you know, because I yeah. think uh, McHale's is front-loaded, and I think Heald's was as well, so it'll be a McHale's little should have McHale should be making $20 million more than Buddy Heald. Come on, you agree with that. 20, maybe 10, yeah, yeah. And then it's fairly very comparable money to Harrison Barnes, who I think is a, I mean, is viewed as like a fairly good deal. Like, I think that's a good contract. You know, there it's very rare for a contract to be like, oh yeah, that's just his value. Like that's just well-valued. You know, everything's either overpaid or underpaid, <laughs> either, even yeah. at least by a little bit, right? And Barnes leans towards the underpaid portion and he's yep. pretty similar to Bridges and Bridges is notably more impactful. And like you're saying, there's that offensive ceiling there as well. OG Ananobi's deal really surprised me. I think those two guys are um, interesting and comparable. That was but, a really uh, – Omer brought this up on Twitter uh, yesterday. And it was really hard for me to make this decision. If Monty McNair had the same package on the, de- on the table for either one of those two dudes, who would you take? I mean, I don't know how to make that decision either. Um NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. 20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2. Now streaming only on Hulu. Look at us all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots! 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 Why? Now streaming. Dad! He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Does that. Vacation Friends 2, rated R, now streaming only on Hulu. I, I will let you think about it while I talk. I, I picked Mikhail just because on a team with De'Aaron Fox, I'm always going to prefer the more proven shooter. And I definitely think that the one thing that Mikhail has over OG, who is probably going to be a much more of a uh, of the high-end self-creator and I that I hope Mikhail can eventually become, but it, it's much more for sure with OG given his development in the last two years. Mikhail is a better shooter. Um, and that's where I'd go. Yeah. I would go OG if we are also considering contracts for your 72 compared to the yeah. four-year 49, four-year 90. That's and true. I didn't consider that. I think your point is great. 
Um, OG also has kind of cemented himself as a damn good three-point shooter. Last year, two years ago, 39% three-point three a game. Last year, 39% on six attempts a game. Damn. Holy shit. I um, love I that. Can't OG. Say I, I was ready for those numbers. Me either until I pulled that up right now. I was like, <laughs> holy shit. Um, and I mean, I see, I see like potential, uh, another step taken for OG this year. And I think the difference for me is that like, correct me if I'm wrong. Like I think of OG as more, a better on ball defender and Mikhail is a better off ball defender. And I kind of lean towards thinking that Sacramento needs more of an on ball guy. I think it's more, I, I think I would make them pretty comparable on ball defenders. I think the difference is is who do you need them to guard? Because Mikhail mm. is long as hell, but he's yep. not that big. Like he's 6'8", but skinny as hell. OG's a battle tank. And honestly, the Kings probably need that 3-4 defender more than they need that 2-3 defender. You're really getting me oh. going here. The idea, God, yeah. You're not, wow, you're not going to make me world. change my pick. I love my, I love my large adult son, Mikhail. That's fine. That's fine. In this hypothetical, I'll let you live with Mikhail. That's totally fine. I would not complain in the slightest with either one. Well, but, I am going. To, let's complain about his poor teammate. Yes. Okay. So, last thing before Aiden, Landry Shamit gets a four-year, forty-three million dollar extension from Phoenix. Uh, whatever. Well, it's just, it's, which is a little surprising. I thought that was kind of a lot of money for a guy that's hopped around a little bit. I like Shamit, whatever, right? It's a little high, but. Yeah. I, notable because, okay, Aiton is sitting here like, where is my max contract? I think that Aiton deserves a max. I think that most of the King's Herald guys seem to agree. There's one or two that maybe didn't. I think that <laughs> one of them used to co-host the show. Surprise, surprise. Doesn't like big men. I'm shocked. Um, <laughs> I kind of I see where he's coming from, but I would give it to him. No, I do, but okay, we'll talk about it. Um, I think that there's plenty of other teams that would also give Aiden a max. I saw the reporting That's that the point. they were willing to give him a three-year max, a four-year max, but he wanted the five-year. It's like, if you're willing to give the four, why not give the five? Aiton feels a way about this, as he should. Like, Phoenix has some of the most continuity going into next year, and now they added this weird storyline. DeAndre Aiton was the number one pick. He has gotten better every year, especially last year. He thrived last year. He took a step forward defensively that I thought was impossible watching him in Arizona. He was a key of a team that went to the finals. And you're going to be cheap about that last year? Are you kidding me? What more does a dude have to do? Score more? He's third on the scoring option chart. And, and you've really got two Hall of Famers. In scoring because yeah. CP came on the roster, like embraced I, I, a role. Yeah. It, it, it's ridiculous. I'm, I was glad to hear later. I missed the part where they talked about they offered him a four-year max. Uh, I'm glad to hear that because at least they're not insane. He will go get max offers from other teams. They won't be the five-year max, which sucks for him, but Phoenix should have just offered that to him from the, from the beginning. Robert Sarver is such a cheapskate. It's painful that one of the league's best rosters is owned by set by a dude who's going to cheap out at signing his franchise big man to a max contract he absolutely deserves i'll say i I should clarify the wording 
and this is a Windhorse tweet that says, with Woj ESPN, the Sun raised the concept of a four-year max oh, or even a three-year max, God. but those talks didn't progress. Eight and one at a five-year max. So, yeah, just, just for the sake of clarity there. But, yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. And, yeah, I'll, I'm praying I'll have to, he stays healthy this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it would take something catastrophic for him to not get at very least near max. He has every right to feel disrespected. Um, his offensive potential is is ridiculous. Um, like you said, the defensive progress that he's shown. I mean, you know, there's a world where the Kings can create max cap space next offseason with not that difficult to finagling, like Bagley off the roster. Tristan Thompson is gone. Um, if you move on from the small deals of Metu, Ramsey, Woodard, breaking my absolute heart with these, um, <laughs> David Jones. It would be before that, from, I promise you. Right. There is a way that the Kings can clear max tap, max cap space. Is Aiton a guy that you throw, that you're willing to like throw a max at? It's a yes, right? Uh, yeah, but the problem is, is that there's no way Phoenix doesn't match that. And right. so all you've done is it is uh, book up your cap space for however long it takes uh, Phoenix to wait around and sign that thing. Which teams typically wait just to screw the team over. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. dare you try to sign my free agent away? I disrespect it. Yeah. It's, it's, just it's ridiculous. Shocked. Absolutely shocked. Absolutely shocked by that. Huh. The other news that came out today, unless there's any sort of other extensions or eight conversations that you want to have, no. if you want to, I well, one more bridges branch, maybe. Uh, I still, I hot take. I think the Phoenix Suns are going to win the West again. That's all. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I think that's extremely reasonable. I would. I would say Utah is my competitor <laughs> there, but yeah, Utah. I think Utah wins the gets the number one seed in the West. Oh, you mean, okay, got you. Yeah, yeah. No, I think Phoenix win, is in the finals again. Yeah. Okay. I could see it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, the continuity that they have, like they're going to be a damn good team throughout the entire of the regular season. They don't have this learning curve to figuring each other out and their roster out. And yeah, I mean, hopefully this Aiden thing doesn't really throw a wrench in it, but we will see. The other news that kind of came out today that was comedy. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of Ben Simmons stuff going on. Ben Simmons oh. apparently just showed up at practice. I think the reporting was that uh, something along the lines of uh, nobody knew until they got a message that Simmons was at the door, pretty much. Um, and this was a couple days ago when he first showed up to practice. Um, yesterday, yesterday meaning Sunday when we're recording this, um, actually Monday when we're recording this, the video came out of... Uh, Simmons going through drills with a phone in his pocket, which was absolutely hilarious. The wording was with a sweat in sweatpants and a phone in his pocket. People practice in sweatpants all the time. It's the phone that's hilarious here. Yeah, and yeah, um, you know, not practicing with the first group. It sounded like Maxi was practicing with the first group. This is very on brand podcast oh, today. All, um, <laughs> all and, my large adult sons are thriving. And then today. It comes out that, uh, yeah, Simmons was at practice again, and we hear that he has been suspended for opening night by the team for, um, I forget the exact wording, but paraphrasing here, 
being detrimental to the team. And Shams gave us a little insight. And this was, I, I audibly chuckled when I read this tweet the first time. It's so funny to me. Sources. Doc Rivers asked Ben Simmons to join a defensive drill today. Simmons refused. Rivers asked again. Simmons said no again. Rivers then told Simmons he should go home, and Simmons dropped the ball and left. <laughs> it sounds like he was looking for a reason to go home, not going to lie. Oh, he absolutely was. What did the Sixers think was going to happen? Did he really? Did they really think he was just going to come back and and play basketball? What gave you that idea? He's only here to make his money. Yeah. Just yeah. send him home. You're not going to improve his trade value. All this is going to do is Daryl Morey is gambling with a year of Embiid's prime and, and, and the terrible vibes that this is putting on this team. Because unlike Marvin Bagley, Ben Simmons isn't the Sixers' 10th best player. Daryl Morey is risking a season of Embiid's prime because he doesn't want to lose a trade. Just come on. Send the dude home and then trade him. Yeah. I think I, I'm with you. I think that Simmons is far from blameless in this. I know that's not what you're saying, but I see yeah. most people placing all the blame on Simmons in this situation. And that's shocking to me. I mean, the team committed to him by giving him this money and then instantly threw him under the bus. And they're going to act like he didn't just spend the series prior to Atlanta guarding Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook and doing a damn good job at it. By the way, second in defensive player of the year voting in the regular season, probably the most versatile defender in the NBA. Maybe like Draymond Green is kind of, nah, no, it's Simmons. Um, <laughs> and then in that Atlanta series, he's guarding freaking Trey Young. And obviously Trey still gets his here and there, but the fact that you're 6'11", forward is spending time on Trey Young and making life a little difficult for him is very notable. And people are quick to forget Doc Rivers' name was so attached to a hot seat all leading up into that series. And Simmons admittedly has a rough stretch. Again, Simmons is not blameless in this. There's obviously the play should have dunked it. Trey Young should not be stopping you. Um, the very obvious issue of not being able to be on the floor during crunch time because of your free throws and they're playing hack a playoff crunch time. Yes. Playoff crunch time. Yes. Which is important. And I understand that frustration, but all of a sudden it's just all on Simmons. Like no, doc doesn't get Eddie Somra blame. Nobody's talking about how, Oh, they need perimeter creation. And it's all Simmons fault that that's not there. When they're giving Tobias Harris a max contract, I don't see anybody annoyed with Tobias Harris. Like, it is too overblown on Simmons, and I understand yeah. his frustrations. Again, he's not blameless in this. I don't think he's handling it great. At the same time, how have we seen every trade request handled in the last, yeah. I don't know, four years? Anthony Davis was not exactly the nicest on his way out. He didn't go and talk a bunch of shit, but Simmons isn't doing that either. I think it's pretty comparable, you know, that that's all folks shirts and little petty shit like that. James Harden, um, you know, showed up and 
played pretty half-ass first couple games of the season. Uh, you know, he showed he still got it pretty much, but didn't show up in great shape and then played really, really half-ass the next, I think he only ended up playing like 10 games that year. Um, Jimmy Butler, I mean, we all know the Jimmy Butler story. Um, it This is kind of, if a player wants out, this is the way that they kind of have to go about it. And I think Simmons has every right to want out. How are you going to sit there, offer him this contract, showing that you're committed to him, and then instantly go back on that commitment by saying, I'm not sure he's the point guard of the future for this team. And you could have apologized right after, but yeah. there was never a, my bad, that was an emotional statement by me. It was, <laughs> oh, no, 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 that was taken wrong by the media. <laughs> Which is absolutely ridiculous. We all heard, Doc. It, yeah. Everything about this just needs to be quickly resolved with a trade in the next few days. Just get it done. It's not going to help anybody. Nobody's going to up their – or I doubt the teams are suddenly going to be like, okay, now I'm going to offer you that all-star that you wanted. Right. If anything, teams might want to wait a sec to see what they have, right? Like that's kind of been the reporting with the Kings, which yeah. who knows the validity of that, right, or or why that's being told to reporters for various reasons. But Well, it's it's the right thing to say for the locker room. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah, and but I still think that Sacramento is a damn good landing spot. I know some – like I guess all of what I was saying is that like I don't view Ben Simmons as some diva. Like it seems like a label that's getting thrown on him. Mm -hmm. I understand where he's coming from. I don't think he's handled it great, but I don't think you can point to many stars that won out of their situations that have. I don't think you can demand a trade and not get it and, and find out a way to not play basketball without looking to the general basketball audience like a diva. There was no way that Ben Simmons could have done this without a bunch of fans just blaming it all on him. Right. I mean, Jimmy Butler was labeled like a locker room cancer, a diva. And now he's like the heart and soul of the freaking Miami Heat, like a leader that most people probably want in their locker room. I yeah. don't hear any issues with the Lakers and Anthony Davis. The Nets are damn glad to have James Harden on their roster. Like, I don't think this is something that just carries over to wherever he goes next. I think he's ready. I would guess that he's ready to scrap this and start over just as much as I'm ready to be done with this conversation. Um, <laughs> I still think Sacramento is a great fit for Ben Simmons. Reasons we've outlined a lot before. Horrible defensive team. That's exactly Simmons' strength in a position that the Kings greatly lack. And they have yeah. offensive creation to put alongside him. Yeah. Um, ben Simmons still remains to me the one way that this team can absolutely jumpstart their rebuild moving forward. Um, but it's just every time that a new Ben Simmons report leaks, like I, I imagine that there are a bunch of fan bases like this, but I'm really sick of the two-sided nature of the Ben Simmons discussion on King's Twitter because it's either uh, he's an absolutely terrible player or, yes, go trade for him. Yeah. There's, There's very no minimal middle ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the outlier, the thing that has to improve is the free throw shooting. Like, that's the one for me. I don't really care about the yeah. three-point shooting. Like, that'd no, be great. You, but it's the free throw you, shooting. 
Nobody is should trade for Ben Simmons, assuming he's ever going to shoot. We know it. Yeah, we know he's not going to shoot. Forget him. So, um, you know, there's a different feeling around Davion Mitchell right now after <laughs> everything we've seen. Um, well deserved the, to this point. Absolutely, and I share that feeling. I have. I think Aki tweeted it the other day. Uh, Davion Mitchell's yet to play a real game for the Sacramento Kings, and he's already one of his favorite players. I think a lot of people share that sentiment. Like it's for very sure. understandable. Um, after I one mean, of those preseason games, he's like seen shooting around. Yeah, the energy is ridiculous. Fox is already talking about him with like Marcus Smart, Drew Holiday as non-ball defender, which you know talking up your teammate. But I mean, uh, Davion's giving me enough reason to be like, oh, maybe that's true. Um, so if you're sitting talking about Ben Simmons. Um, and we, we won't talk about it all too long, but he was in the news today, so I feel like this is warranted. It, or is there a situation, you know, we know Halliburton and Fox are off the table. We'll, we'll leave yeah. that conversation at that. Is Davion Mitchell somebody that you view as off the table when it comes to Ben Simmons? I think it's very telling that of all the reports we've heard that Fox and Halliburton are off the table, we've never heard that for Davion. If I was Monty McNair, I would make every possible offer that didn't include Davion because Davion's value to this team is more than just his fit on the roster. He is instilled as a rookie, a real meaningful energy to this locker room. Um, and Lord knows, I went from a dude who said I would not take him at nine to... Let's start him at small forward in game one. <laughs> so Same. if it came down to it, if if I'm Monty McNair and Daryl Moore calls and says, I am going to trade him to insert team here unless you give me Davion and insert other pieces to make it a reasonable deal. If that's what it came down to, I would include Davion Mitchell. But I understand any fan who says otherwise not because of who Davion is, but because of who Ben Simmons is. Um, I don't want to get into the minutia of Ben Simmons's personality because I agree with you. Dudes don't demand trades and go to other teams and wreck them. But there is truly a risk with Ben Simmons, given that Sacramento has never been a place where questionable talent thrives. I understand anybody who looks at the Sacramento Kangs and says, I don't want to take a risk on Ben Simmons. If I was Walton, I'm starting Davion Mitchell tomorrow. So there's the full circle there. I don't want to trade Davion Mitchell for Ben Simmons. I would trade Davion Mitchell for Ben Simmons. Um, if that was, if, if, if my way to a star is Davion Mitchell, Hey Davion, thanks for everything you've done. Uh, wish you nothing but the best. And I hope that people cold take that last two minutes in a couple of years. Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree with what you said. I don't want to include Davion, but I would very quickly. Like, I think people are getting a little too caught up in it. <laughs> I, I think a certain that, certain dude in our mentions telling us that he's going to make the all-star team. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, a little much, which, you know, maybe like the reported work ethic I think is is the big part here, right? Where it's yeah. like, all right, a guy with that type of work ethic, like, I mean, for for a while it was like, I don't 
don't know. You kind of hear everybody has a stupid, crazy work ethic. But the level that you're hearing this, it's like, all right, this is kind of an outlier. And an outlier work ethic for NBA work ethic is is pretty crazy. Um, and if that if that sticks up, who knows what the ceiling is, right? Um, for a six one guard. But Ben Simmons is 25 years old, 6'11", and for the size he is, ridiculously, not, you don't even have to say for the size he is, ridiculously athletic, so mobile, moves his hips so fast, might has an argument for the best defender in the league yeah. at 6'11". I love the way Jackson Frank worded it, can guard 1.5 to 4.5. You know, there's, yeah. there's some ones in fives he can't, but there also are some that he can and he's a 25-year-old. It's a three-time All-Star, whatever. You want to say Eastern Conference, whatever. It was the best team in the East. I get he had an MVP candidate alongside him, but he was a big part of second-best player on the best team in the East. Um, three-time All-Star, two-time All-Defense. And as you laid out the whole, I understand people feeling weird about, uh, I don't know about taking a questionable personality and i say that hesitantly because who, how do we really know um, yeah. into sacramento my argument would be the whole kang's thing when can you get a talent like this to sacramento you can't it's that's that's my point of view it's and happened one time in the last 25 years i mean we would well, be happy like if davion we'd be happy if davion turned out ben simmons level production i know people are going to hate to hear that but that would be a ridiculously good outcome. It would be an historic development. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like I, you have to be willing to include Davion Mitchell. I understand it. Like you said, do everything you can not to because the on-court production is promising. You know, the offense I think is, is unexpected that we've seen in preseason. I think of that Portland game, six threes. Um, yeah, off the dribble creation, which should just continue to grow. And we obviously know what he does on defense. We've been surprised him guarding up. You know, he's answered a lot of the questions already. And it's preseason, so I guess maybe not answered, but giving us an idea of, okay, maybe this could work sort of thing. Um, but the talent that Ben Simmons is is still something that you want to bring in. You want to keep Davion around for the intangibles on top of those skills that I mentioned um, and the work ethic that is infectious, right, among the other guys, the intensity and defensive engagement. Offensive engagement too, like the never give up relentlessness is infectious. You want that to spread to the other players, including Ben Simmons. So you keep them if you can. Yep. But he's absolutely not the reason that a deal does not get done. I would, and I don't, I'd be shocked if that was the case. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, Davion Mitchell, and top eight protected first rounder. Let's do it. Absolutely. I don't know if that's enough. It's funny. I put that out today and a whole lot of Kings fans were really pissed at me. I also got some uh, responses and DMS from non Kings fans saying like, ah, I don't think that's enough. Um, so might mean that's a decent deal. <laughs> I Wait a minute, like you're telling both sides. Are you telling me that us as Kings fans overrate our players? What? Just, what are you telling me? Whoa, that can't be right. And I think there was some reporting today that the Sixers are still wanting a star in return, right? Which is never going to happen. They ain't getting one. No, but I will say that if you don't include Dayon and it's two first rounders and a pick swap, that 
The Sixers oh. can hold on to that along with Buddy Heald and then maybe use Buddy Heald as that matching salary at the deadline or maybe it becomes Tobias Harris, however they decide to do it. And then you just kind of wait out, do one of Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal grow discontent with another <laughs> year of nothing has changed. And then all of a sudden they're out at the deadline. Kings draft picks got to be looked at as damn valuable around the league. So if, if Monty McNair gets that done, I said this months ago and I'll say it again, I will build him his own statue. Absolutely. I'll, I'll do it myself. Him. Yeah. We'll be out there grinding. I'm all for it. It'll be, yeah. And oh my God. Yeah. Can you, can I just dream about the idea of Fox, Halliburton, Mitchell, Simmons, and Aiton? Like, oh <laughs> my, are oh, you kidding me? Oh my, they can trade for Simmons and have this mat. Oh, oh my God. Like what I wouldn't give to go from the defense. We just had to sit Could through. They? Are you sure that they still have James, James Hand laid this out for me. You know, I will, okay. I will I'll sit through and I'll, I'll go through oh. the cap sheet more in depth and make sure. But Ham laid out for me in that episode that they could make this trade because I mean, that they can make the cap space, assuming that Barnes and Buddy are on the roster, like that their contracts are already extended. Yeah, okay, two. that's true. So, well, shout out to shout out to our buddy James Ham, absolutely um, one of the best Kings reporters. One of, uh, absolutely, you know, we were talking about the Suns dropping the ball with DeAndre Ayton. Uh, NBC Sports <laughs> California dropped the ball with James Ham. He should have been given a lifetime contract. I know he'll land somewhere, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, ridiculous. James said he has something else coming, and just make sure anybody listening, like, follow James and whatever he's doing. Yeah. I'd be shocked if anybody's not, but yeah, like you said, best in the business, one of the best in the business. About as All right, you ready, uh, ready for our overtime yes. question? Yes, and at some point I'm going to work a sound piece in here for the beginning of our overtime, but yes, lay it out there. Oh, real quick, I'll say who it's from. It's the same one as last time. Um, it is Ryan Hobbs at Kangs, K-A-N-G-S, or no, K-A-N-G-Z, two, Kings, K-I-N-G-S. And appreciate Ryan submitting this. Any listeners that have overtime questions, suggestions, appreciate those because sometimes right before these episodes, we're like, oh shit, we need an OT question. And the would you rathers that we run into on Google are, <laughs> are, are interesting, let me say. But what do you got? All right. Would you rather fight one bear-sized hamster or 20 hamster-sized bears? I think this is a really easy one for me, so I'm going to let oh, really? you go first. It's really? so easy. This is so easy. I, I thought of mine pretty quick, too. Um, but I'm, I'm going with a bear-sized hamster. I think that yeah. 20 hamster-sized bears would fuck up your ankles like oh my are you kidding God. me brendan <laughs> they would destroy your ankles i, I so never I ran this... disagreed with you more no 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 so i had somebody <laughs> i talked to somebody about this is uh not too long ago uh but earlier today before we recorded this they're like you could just step on on those bears and i'm like yes I, you could I, I have small feet i don't know like 20 20 is a lot like if we you have open room where I can separate them, like I'm assuming they're all attacking me at the same time. Yes. But at the same time, do you think a bear in real life, if a bear suddenly looked up and there was a 400 foot tall human, you think that bear is going to attack its ankles? 
I guess no, it's going to run away. I I guess. Okay. So I guess this is where I was wrong because I'm assuming that these animals have something against us. Okay. Well, I think at rabies, I'd still pick, I'd still pick the 20. I'm just, I am putting as much space between me and the 20 rabid bear hamsters and picking them off one by one as I can. You can kill it just by punting it. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I just, I, I don't know. In my mind, like, I, I don't see a picking them off one by one. Like, I feel like they're all coming at you at the same time. I'd rather be able to focus on one thing. No, I, I, I run as fast as I can, get some distance between me and the hamsters, turn around, and do my absolute best to fight one and then put some space in between me and them fight another one and all i gotta do is kick them kick them against a wall and they're dead have you ever had a hamster i didn't but i had cousins who did and <laughs> those fuckers died for no reason at all so tiny mammals a big hamster bear just died <laughs> for no reason you're uh, well if it's rabid you just you're not gonna win against 400 pounds of flesh you're just not whether it's a I mean, hamster or whether it's a bear, things just gonna squish you. Yeah, you're probably right. I just I like the idea of being able to focus on one thing <laughs> instead of having twenty of them at my ankles. Yeah, yeah. No, I see where you're coming from. That's probably the most random "Would you rather" we have so far. It was absolutely great. It was absolutely oh, great. I'm gonna quick quick note about vegetables. Um, <laughs> halfway through the podcast, I was listening to you and Tim. I had to message you. I was like, "Potatoes aren't a vegetable." And then I looked it up, and yes, they are in fact a vegetable. I don't know why I was so sure they weren't, but you guys were absolutely right. It's a potato, and if I can't have a potato, it's an onion. But I don't want an onion because they're probably slicker. Tim, and Tim's I, answer killed me. He's like, well, I've looked up the pounds. How many pounds of baseball weighs? I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. This is Tim. Yeah. Just the funniest thing to me when people are like, Tim, you don't know what you're talking about. Tim has put more research into every minute fact that he puts out in the world than you have on anything in your life. Yeah, I'm like, yes, yeah, you're not. Well, except, for his food, like that. except for his food text because those well, only have one – point of reference which is his food palette which is clearly terrible yeah he puts in the, the effort but i just yeah so, somewhere something messed up his taste buds yeah i mean and, and we all have a taste for the king so i don't know what that says about us so i know we have terrible taste in franchises yeah i'm gonna throw hey, you that's one, a- one other of these ot's real quick because it's a super quick one that i don't okay. think will ever make its own how many holes does a straw have infinite infinite wow well, i okay. never expected that answer yeah if, if the the point of the question <laughs> is to ask how many circles in a in a mm. undefinable space have thus the answer is infinite wow wow i guess this could have been its own <laughs> I this wow that is a great answer right you explained it to where i actually agree with you like whoa whoa i mean i'm still gonna go with one uh yeah it's it's either one or it's infinite Infinite. it's not two wow 
It's either one or it's infinite. Wow. <laughs> you blew me away with that one. That is a great answer. Yeah, you're absolutely uh, right. Oh, God. Yeah. So I hope that anybody listening to this before the Trailblazers game, that it goes well, obviously. Um, I'm very curious to see how Davion does against uh, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. Davion mentioned that during his time at Baylor, he just watched Damian Lillard nonstop. And he talked about how he just wants to kind of throw something his way he's never seen before. But start him. Start him and playing straight against Dame. Do it. Go all in. I'm ready. And we'll see if we are able to recognize his welcome to the NBA moment because it seems like it could happen in this game. So we'll see. Um, But we also plan to record and upload a little reaction, a quick reaction to game one. We won't usually do reactions after every single game, but uh, opening night, I think it's fitting. So stay on the lookout for that as well and take a look at King's Herald for all the great work going on there. And now that the season is fully here, it is underway. All the content is ramping up and improving, and we're getting more and more. I'm going to have a piece not too far out here about Tyrese Halliburton and how um, opponents know what to expect from him now going into a big year two for him that we're already keeping a close (laughs) eye on for uh, what his potential ceiling could be after he kind of wrecked our previous idea with his uh stellar performance last year and yeah i'm sure all the guys at the king's herald have great work going on you sound like you want to say something no i was coughing i apologize oh, gotcha. no you're king's good. herald yeah. is great as always follow everybody except him yes everybody except him especially moran and omer like they just deserve more love absolutely yeah and or take a look at the Patreon to support local independent Kings coverage. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Kings Pulse podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. And you hear from us again in the next couple of days.